Good morning again. It's great to be with you all today here on this, um, on this Sunday that's in the middle of July, that's also in the middle of summer. A big hello to those of you who are watching at home, those on Facebook Live, those on YouTube, those who are listening to this sermon later on our church podcast, um, and also to you who are here in person. We are beating the heat together, and it's still pretty cool in here, right? Yeah, this is the right time. Uh, two hours from now will not be okay. Um, so for the past two months or so, our church has started coming back together to worship in person. We continue online, but we also have an in-person gathering. And, and as we do that, as we've done that, um, we have been f- doing a sermon series on Ezra and Nehemiah, right? The stories from 2,500 years ago uh, in the Old Testament. And um, we've been hearing the main theme from those two books, which is about building and rebuilding the walls, the city walls and the temple walls. And we've considered what are the lessons that we need to know from that for our life and our rebuilding of our church life together. And that was a good theme. It was a good topic for us to focus on, but it's over. Okay, you're welcome. It's summer, we can't rebuild any more walls, we're ready for something new. During this time, just the last month or two, I had a conversation with um, someone in our congregation who was a newer believer, a new member, who was actually uh, recently baptized. And he said, Pastor Dave, I'm pretty new to this whole Christian faith thing, and I don't know very much about it, so tell me, is Ezra and Nehemiah one of those core main things every Christian needs to know? And he said, I'm asking because I really don't know how to be a Christian. I don't know very much about it. I believe, but like, what do I do now? He said he even looked up Ezra and Nehemiah in his book called The Bible for Dummies. And a true story. And he said, I was trying to figure out what this was all about. And so I was very struck by this conversation because I suspect he's not alone. I suspect he's not alone. Um, Maybe more than we would like to admit, um, some of us, many of us, Most of us are in a similar place to this young man. Whether we are newer to the faith or whether we are lifelong believers, we want to hear or know or learn or understand how to grow in our faith, how to follow Jesus, and um, how to put into practice this thing that we believe. And so there's an old saying that says, keep the main thing the main thing. Have you heard that before? And in this sermon series, this summer, we want to keep the main thing the main thing to to share with you some of the main practices and patterns and ways of life that people of Christian faith take on as a way of living out our calling. So my prayer for you as I sort of introduce this series this week is that you would find something every week in this sermon series that you can try out for yourself at home. Something every week that you can take home and try out. Um, This is to encourage you, to give you some direction, uh, to help you take your life with God and and be led by God into a deeper place than you've been. And so the first practice of Christian faith I want to talk with you about, you're not surprised, is prayer, right? We're talking about prayer today. Prayer is 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 one of the most basic and cornerstone parts of a life with God. It is a big topic. It's huge. It's so big. It's so big, we could say everything there is to say about prayer and say nothing at all if it doesn't connect to our lives. We could learn all there is about prayer in the Bible and in the Christian tradition and say nothing about what prayer means for us or how to do it. And I want to avoid that trap with you today. And so I want to try to connect to your life um, by using an illustration from the movie The Black Panther. Do you, did any of you see the movie Black Panther? Some of you did. Somebody told me on the way in they knew some actual Black Panthers, like from the 70s, but this is a different Black Panther. This is a superhero. Here he is. Um, 
who, uh, who's, and the movie is set in the uh, fictional African country of Wakanda. And um, this is the Black Panther, where the king has died and his son, the prince, Prince T'Challa is preparing to take over the crown, taking over the throne of his kingdom. He has special powers that give him the ability to be the Black Panther and to do all these things. And in this movie, this young prince goes through this special ritual where he's buried in the sand and through this sort of sacred special action with incantations said over him, he's able to move from this regular physical world into the spiritual world. He crosses over into the spiritual world where he is able to go to another dimension and talk with his father. And in a way, this is a picture for us of prayer, where we move from just our regular everyday lives into an encounter with the spiritual, where we get a chance to spend time with our heavenly father, where we can do what the Black Panther did and go and ask for guidance where we can bring our doubts or our fears, where we can connect to something higher than ourselves, where we can be encouraged or filled. That's what prayer is like. But there's a few problems with the Black Panther approach to prayer, and I want to raise those up before I give you solutions. So first, a couple, a couple problems. Um, first is that in the movie, it is only the Black Panther who is able to cross over to the spiritual realm. Nobody else, none of the hoi polloi, the regular people, are able to go there. Only the Black Panther has that ability and that experience. And you might believe that about prayer, too. You know, it's only for pastors, or priests, or prayer warriors. And yet in the Bible, we see that Jesus teaches all of his disciples to pray. Not just the inner circle, not just the twelve, not just the men. Wow. Not just those who are super holy, he teaches everybody who follows him to pray. And we notice it in our scripture passage today where he says, when you pray or whenever you pray, not if you pray. Um, he says, when you pray, um, well, we're not to that part yet, but we will be. Um, prayer is a basic um, invitation we have when we try to follow Jesus is to come into a life of prayer. Um, but before I get, to, I'm, I'm giving you some problems, and then I'll give you some solutions. So second problem from the Black Panther um, is that he very rarely goes to that spiritual side. First, only the Black Panther can go. Second, he rarely does it. In the movie, he only goes over two times, you know, and they're in times of special danger or trouble or something he doesn't know how to do. So in a very um, rare moment, he goes to the spiritual side to talk to his father. Do you ever think about prayer this way? It's just for special occasions. You know, it's kind of like being a CEO Christian, Christmas and Easter only. Um, just on those high holy holidays, you kind of connect. But a, a real life of prayer, as modeled by Jesus, is more regular than that. He, Jesus modeled this way of praying every day in all kinds of different ways, as we heard from our, in our children's message. The problem is, this is the third problem with the Black Panther approach to prayer, is that um, he needs the right words, the magic words, the incantation, and that can be a barrier for us too. We feel as if we don't have the right words. We don't know what to say. How do you pray? What do you say? How do you engage with God? We don't know because we don't know what to say. And so this is where I think um, I, I can help, help you and me today as we think about this because I think we might have it backwards. Uh, Jesus teaches this. This is the quote to see. Uh, whenever you pray, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners so that they may be seen by others. He says, when you are praying, don't heap up empty phrases. Don't use many words. 
In the words of Hamilton, talk less. Um, Jesus seems to say, um, we don't need to lead, we don't need to lead with our biggest and best words in prayer. Don't heap up empty phrases. Maybe simple, the simplest prayers are best. Um, so I want to, um, if, you, if you're looking for a grace-filled primer on prayer, I want to give you a resource. You can look for it at home or in the library. Uh, we've talked about it before. It's a little book called Help Thanks Wow. Have you heard of that, that book uh, by Annie Lamott? Help Thanks Wow. Um, she's a Christian spiritual writer and a Bay Area Presbyterian. And um, she focuses on just those three words to orient um, our prayers. Help. We all need that. <laughs> thanks. Heart of thanksgiving, and wow, awe, wonder, praise. We don't need fancy words to talk to God. Another good example of this idea is a prayer that comes from um, Dag Hammarskjöld. I can't pronounce his name right. Any Swedish people can correct me. He was a Swedish diplomat and uh, who served as the Secretary General of the United Nations, and this was his prayer. For all that has been, thank you. For all that is to come, it's a classic prayer. It's a simple prayer. We don't need fancy words to talk to God. And I'm giving you this kind of uh, simple language to think about prayer today because I want to demystify it with you a little bit. Uh, don't think about prayer as if you need to be the Black Panther, the only one who has the ability, the superpowers, the right words to cross over into a life with God. So I want to give you um, some tools to try, to try out and see if this might fit for you this week, something to try on. I want to give you a 10-minute prayer exercise, a 10-minute prayer practice that you can try at home. If you're taking notes, here's your chance. If you have a great memory, good for you. Um, here's what it is. Um, well, I'll tell you. Any prayer practice, any discipline of our life of faith can be hard to do. And so um, my number one tip when I think about prayer, this is my number one tip for you when I think about prayer, is this. Ready? Use a timer. Use a timer. Literally, a timer like on your phone or on your Alexa or even one like you cook with, you know, an old school kind of timer that you have in your, in your kitchen somewhere buried. A timer is actually a helpful spiritual tool. It can help you set the time you want to spend with God. If that's your goal, if that's your interest, if you're kind of like, yeah, I, I do want to do that, use a timer. Um, if, you are already if you already have a rich and deep prayer life without all of this, that's fine. But I'm speaking to you today. If you are saying, I, I want some more prayer in my life, I want to make time for it, and I don't quite know how, this is a way. This is a way that I use. Um, so, you, so use a timer is what I'm saying uh, as a way into prayer. Start off this way. Two or three minutes of silence. Set your timer. Two or three minutes of silence. You know the way that when you're learning a foreign language, they always say you understand before you speak and you read before you write? It's the same way with prayer. We understand or listen or hear before we're able to speak. So if you're thinking, um, I don't know what to say to God, I don't know how to do it, don't worry because first you just need to listen. You need to be quiet. Um, so set your timer for two minutes or three minutes and sit in silence. You can slow your breathing. Let your mind relax. You could do this anywhere, but you need to be somewhere that you can have a little bit of quiet just for 10 minutes. So away from your kids, maybe in your home office, 
It could be in your car, but somewhere you can relax and rest and be quiet on your own. Just 10 minutes. So after that, after that, you um, will listen some more to God by opening your Bible and reading two or three psalms right in the middle of the Bible. Two or three psalms or a short passage from the New Testament. Here's a note. This is a prayer thing. It's not a Bible study. This is not a time for Bible study. Don't read like all of Romans or something. Just, just one or two prayers. You can pick them at random, uh, one or two psalms, or you can work your way through methodically, psalm by psalm, or through little passages, just short. The point of this is to let God's word speak to you. Before you talk to God and try to use your words and you don't know what to say, God wants to speak to you in Scripture. It helps us. It breaks us of a habit where we think we have to perform for God. You know what I mean? We have to be good enough at praying or whatever it is. Instead, listen to what God's saying to you in silence and in Scripture through Psalms. After that, you can use your timer again and set it for four minutes. Four minutes max, because that gets you to the ten. Four minutes, and that's when you get a chance to share your thoughts, your worries, all your stuff with God. It's amazing how your prayers will be enriched and guided when you actually start saying something to God, having listened first, having sat in silence or heard God's word. Your mind will be open. Your spiritual heart will be ready. So this is a 10-minute prayer exercise, two or three minutes in silence, three or four minutes to read the Psalms, and four minutes of talking to God. That's just a starting point. If this is a way into prayer for you, good. You can increase the time. You can do different things later, but I'm offering it as one possibility today, um, just a way to try out or start out. In fact, if you did this practice every day, starting tomorrow until next week, next Sunday, you would have done 60 minutes, one full hour of prayer. You would have prayed for an hour this week. For some of you, that's an hour more than you're used to, but it's 10 minutes at a time. I think you can do it. Maybe you will. So um, I'm kind of proud of you already. Good job. Wow. Even as you think about it today, even as you kind of consider, is this something that I need in my own life, that yearning, that desire, that interest, the openness, that itself can be a gift from God. It could say, hmm, something's stirring in you, something's planted in you. Will you let God garden in you and grow it and let it um, become something strong? But I got to tell you, it's hard. This last week, I texted a friend from a church, from the church here, and he called me back um, as I was writing my sermon about prayer. And when he called, I was working on this sermon about setting aside time for God. And then he called me, and I, and I picked up the phone, and we started talking. And then I said, eventually, I kind of admitted, I said, you know, I'm supposed to be writing this sermon about prayer. And um, he said, oh, you should have let my, my call go to voicemail. Why did you pick up? And I said, oh, this, this seemed more interesting. You know, this, every, every little thing can seem more interesting, more important, more urgent, more enjoyable than prayer sometimes. That's why prayer can be hard. That's why it's called a discipline. And so that's why I encourage you this week to start really small. I mean, turn off your phone, set your timer, be in a place where you can get 10 minutes alone, and try it that way. So remember this, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, and in our passage today, he gives them the Lord's Prayer, or the Our Father, which we heard Michael sing for us today. And that's the prayer that we use every week in worship, because he said, when you pray, pray this way. So we listen to Jesus, and we, and we, we pray the Lord's Prayer together. But Jesus also prayed early in the morning. 
He prayed in the temple on Sabbath. He prayed with his friends. He prayed around meals. He prayed in small groups. He prayed when he was out in nature. Our, Sunday, our children's lesson kind of raised up a lot of those. He prayed going to bed with one of those little eye masks. That was perfect. Um, as we talk about prayer today, and as I give you this one prayer practice to try out, I want, I want to remind you that it's not the only one holy and apostolic way to pray, but it is a tool you can use if you want to jumpstart a life of prayer. We don't have a God who's so small as to just give us one little way, and you better look out. Any sermon of mine about prayer is going to be a sermon about grace. I want you to hear that for a sec. Any sermon of mine about prayer to you is a sermon about grace, God's grace. It's not about law. Rather than saying to you, work harder and do better, Jesus offers us a simple invitation saying, I am here whether you know it or not. Do you want to spend some time with me? And the response of faith is to say yes to Jesus and to find a way to do that. It looks different maybe for all of us, but that's the invitation. There's a line from the Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard where he says this. He says, um, a man prayed, and at first he thought that prayer was talking, but he became more and more quiet until in the end he realized that prayer is listening. And this can be hard for us but I wonder if we are meant to listen for what God is saying to us first before we say anything or do anything about it. So two key words, thinking, I was thinking about two key words this week about prayer, um, active and patient. We all want to have an active prayer life, you know, to have a more active life of prayer. But I think what we really need is patience. It takes patience to listen it takes patience to be quiet, to let nothing happen, to see no fruit, no outcome, no answer. It takes patience to sit for five minutes and not fill ourselves up with every thought and idea that comes to mind. Am I describing your prayer life, or is that just mine? I was reading this week about a chaplain, um, a hospice chaplain, somebody who sits with people and visits with people when they are dying. And she said that one of the hardest lessons um, is that sometimes there are things you just can't fix. You can't fix. She said this, I want to fix something that's not fixable or to steer a situation in what I feel is a better direction. I'm just really aware that that's not my job. We go to prayer because we believe there's something worth praying for. A person in the hospital, a newborn baby, a relation on, relationship on the rocks, a future that's in question, a fear for our country. We are like this chaplain in that we want to see something change, so we go to prayer, but making the change is not our job. That's not up to us. I want to relieve you of a certain kind of pressure today talking about prayer that it's not your job to save the world through your prayers. It's not the job of Christian people to pray our world into a different situation. Instead, in prayer, what happens is that God works in us, shows us things that we wouldn't have known or seen, and God then does what God will do. We have a sovereign God. So today, I'm inviting you not to be like the Black Panther, who's a superhero who goes into the spiritual realm once or twice a year in amazing ways and has all the right words, but instead to try out just a regular practice of prayer for yourself, for your own life. 
first in silence, use a timer, then with scripture, one or two psalms, and then bringing to God everything that's on your mind, bringing to God every worry of your life. To my friend who said, I don't really know how to be a Christian. I believe, but what do I do now? And I'm new to all of this. I hope this helps. This is the message of the morning. In prayer, we get to know God, not with our fancy words, not with our best ideas, not even with our eager plans. We leave the work of changing the world up to God. But in prayer, we let God change us. And then here's the twist. Here's the twist. As God's changed people, shaped by prayer, centered in grace, we go out to join God in what God's doing. We participate in changing the world, too. So I want to pray for you as we end this sermon time and as we go into um, what's next in our service. Let me pray for us. Gracious God, I give you thanks today for your word to us in Scripture. We thank you for the teachings of Jesus and the way that they center us in you. I pray for this church, those online, those here in person, as we think about, talk about um, the idea of prayer and we seek more of it in our lives. God, we don't seek to perform and, and dance and sing, but we do seek to know you more. We ask that you would form our lives, that you would call to us by name, that in prayer we would become more the people we're meant to be. So I pray for everyone here today for the commitments that they are making in their hearts to follow through, the questions they still have, and the hopes for what is to come. I pray for our church that you would spark us in the discipline of prayer. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen.